we're going to be doing something a bit different going forward with these podcasts. I'm Davis Hunt, editor of the Pamphleteer, host of the Pamphleteer podcast. Um, going forward, instead of our normal Monday kind of hour, hour and a half long episode where we splice together everyone's contributions, we're going to be breaking those out and releasing them periodically over the course of the week as is necessary. So, for example, Jared and I usually talk about movies or some kind of pertinent issue that we agree to talk about. Instead of doing that, we're going to be kind of elaborating upon some of Jared's uh, writing and his essays, most recently his look at 2000 Mules, which tomorrow we will release that episode of him, us, our discussion around 2000 Mules, which is honestly probably one of the more uh, interesting discussions that that Jared and I have had on on anything. And I think that's partially because it was so focused on something that we were both extremely familiar with. So that's a change going forward. That said, we will continue doing our normal Monday music podcast with Edward Landstreet. We've got a couple of interviews we're going to be releasing this week. We're always going to be releasing interviews that come up as necessary. We try to bring in a wide variety of guests. This, you know, this week we've got Daniel DiMartino, a Venezuelan economist at studying, getting his PhD at Columbia up in New York. And we're going to talk to him about uh, what it was like experiencing inflation in Venezuela and kind of his insights on, on what led to that in Venezuela. It's a very interesting conversation. We've got a couple of political conversa- interviews with local candidates, uh, Natisha Brooks and Brian Horowitz, who's running for a judge. And Natisha is running for Tennessee's 5th Congressional District. And so, yeah, so it'll be a, a little more uh, shorter, con- shorter episodes, more releases, less long, big, long uh, hour and a half episodes where we smash together everything. So appreciate everyone for listening. If you haven't already, please sign up for our, our newsletter at pamphleteer.co. We send it out every day during the week. It is the best source of information on Nashville news, politics, culture, et cetera, that you'll find in town. I don't. I say that in all seriousness too, because uh, as I've mentioned here before, I'm somewhat of a student of the art of the newsletter. I've been studying it long before Substack, and uh, and you know, I say that as a way to uh, to try to cajole you into into appreciating the newsletter form as a way to read news. It comes to you once a day. You read it, and you're done. If you develop a relationship with a newsletter such as us that you trust then you can safely rely on it for information. We do a fairly exhaustive job of providing a rundown of national headlines in addition to Nashville headlines. So it's going to feel, uh, it could feel a little weighty at first, but I encourage you to, uh, you, you don't have, shouldn't feel obligated to necessarily read every newsletter. I mean, I would love it, obviously, if you did, but the newsletter is designed to provide you with something every single day that's going to provide you some sort of insight, help you feel in the loop or kind of understanding what's going on without being overly immersed in it. That's kind of the key thing that we try to encourage, which is staying abreast of the news, which I think is just, uh, I mean, as much negative attention is given to the media, I think it's fairly important for one to, to keep abreast of headlines and just kind of be peripherally aware of what's going on, whether that be what the media is trying to elevate and considering why that is uh, or understanding, you know, foreign affairs such as the Ukrainian stuff right now, which just seems to get uglier every single day. 
there's probably a strong case to be made for not reading the news at all. Obviously, we're not adherents to that. We believe that involving yourself as much as possible in the direction of the world by engaging with it is the best way to affect change and not to uh, bow out and you know totally resign yourself from the news. I think the news is a tool by which you can engage with the world. Um, so all that's to say, our newsletter does a really good job of keeping you abreast of things without totally trying to ruin your mental well-being. We, we are very sensitive to that because we grew up watching news and many of us have parents and grandparents, et cetera, who we saw the way that they consume news. And the fact is that if you're younger and you witness that, you have different habits and you understand the perils of immersing yourself too much in the news. It has the effect of, of ultimately uh, kind of neutering any efforts that you would otherwise have because the news, Sean Hannity is probably the best example of this. Uh, Sean Hannity's program is almost designed to make you feel like you're getting something done by reading Sean Hannity. You know, your your participation in Sean Hannity's show is they do a good job of building up your spirits and making you think you're a part of a movement and Sean Hannity is leading the charge and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you know, uh, Sean Hannity is at the mercy of everything else just as we are. So we don't really try to uh, <laughs> to do the Sean Hannity thing. We're we're more committed to providing people actionable things that they can do and encouraging civic engagement on a local regional level as opposed to haranguing at national issues. Uh, for example, we wrote this past week about Hunter Biden and uh, kind of his unimaginativeness. I wrote a, an opinion piece on that. And I mean, when you read incessantly about Hunter Biden smoking crack with hookers, uh, it's really not that interesting. The thing that's most striking to me is how unimaginative he is in his vices. I mean, you're, we're talking about the president's son, who arguably has more freedom than maybe anyone on the entire planet, you could argue, and access to resources beyond what normal people can imagine. And his only thing, the thing that he chooses to do with that immense amount of freedom and lack of responsibility, etc., is to buy hookers and smoke crack with them. Uh, I mean, that's like he went through a checklist of vices and was just like, I'll stop here. I mean, you know, you would think that I talk about this in the essay, but you would think that the, the son of a president would be doing something more ambitious, like, say, trying to run a coup in Sri Lanka to gain control of the government or uh, having a love affair with with Vladimir Putin's wife who is hiding in Italy, I believe, or Switzerland. Um, I mean, those things are actually interesting and, and speak to a kind of skill and it, the elevated ability for for badness as well as goodness because of how much skill it requires to pull off these kinds of intrigues. Whereas smoking crack with hookers, all you need is, is cash in a suitcase and a number to call, and people show up. If you're pulling off a coup or... You know, uh, Michael Metacroft and American, the American conservative is the one that kind of influenced me to write this uh, mentions, you know, jokingly, of course, uh, the, pre the son of the president should be cloning ancient birds or uh, reviving the woolly mammoth. I mean, uh, like be imaginative. It's not crack and hookers is is more an indication of just how unimaginative we are as a people now. And to circle back to the role of media in that, I think that 
programs like Sean Hannity and generally speaking, Fox News in general are uh, a symptom of that and that people have outsourced their political concerns, their civic concerns to talk show hosts and to internet personalities and media groups, etc. Tucker Carlson probably has a similar effect where you watch Tucker Carlson. He's your guy in the arena. He's going out there. He's sticking it to the man. What, uh, what we try to express through the pamphleteer is that you can do that yourself and you don't have to be a polemicist about it. You don't have to be out yelling like a lot of civic engagement is simply showing up. Uh, there's plenty of places where you, one can invest his skills and duties without being overtly and aggressively political about it. You just get involved in things. Uh, for example, in Nashville, the Nashville symphony is having a hard time recruiting young members that would be a great example of a place where uh, someone looking to affect some kind of change and influence in a community could go and ingratiate themselves and build up influence and invite friends to do so as well. There's many, many institutions that are being turned on by, uh, for lack of a better term, progressives and, you know, to some extent, Democrats, because a lot of these things are considered, quote unquote, white supremacist or white nationalist or conservative Christian, I don't know, whatever the, I'm not up on the latest epithet that they've been using to demean um, these kinds of things, but maybe best typified by a, uh, a a dance school here in the U.S. removing ballet because it's rooted in white European ideas. So, yes, this is all to say that we are changing the format. We very much appreciate everyone here listening. I'm going to be here with Edward Landstreet talking about um, the concerts and such coming up in the next episode. I just wanted to express kind of our what we're doing to all our listeners. And again, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, go to the website pamphleteer.co and sign up. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you back here with our next episode. Appreciate it.